You wanna make money on MMA? Let be. You wanna know who to put it in your parlay? Let be. You wanna know a DraftKings stay away? Let be. So, who has the Leslie Smith underdog pick? Who was the Mexican dude and the lesbian chick? Everybody say you mean, let's vote when the bean. Who's that out there living they dream? Let's vote when the bean. Who's that still smoking all the green? Let's vote and the bean. Come on, y'all, let me hear you scream. Let's vote and the bean. You wanna make money on MMA? Let be. You wanna know who to put in your parlay? Let be. You wanna know what DraftKings stay awake? Let be. So who has the Leslie Smith underdog pick? Who is the Mexican dude and the lesbian chick? Everybody say you mean, let's bow and the bean. Who's that out there living the dream? Let's bow and the bean. Who's that still smoking all the green? Let's bow and the bean. Come on, y'all, let me hear you scream. Let's bow and the bean. Well, I guess we're going to talk about UFC Fight Night Finale 25. Um, <laughs> this is a weird. This is a weird way to start a bonus episode. <laughs> yeah. Th- it's been a trying week, and this fight card has been trying to get put together and barely hanging on by a thread. There has been a fighter that ended up falling out due to illness, more than likely weight cut issues. So Roxanne Mataferi, the loser of her last fight, is now going to go for the championship, and this woman is now going to be crowned the champ, regardless of who wins or loses. But either way, that's just kind of what's happening. I don't know much about the show this season. I know Alvarez and Gaethje were headlining the coaches there, but guess what? I don't care about Eddie Alvarez and Justin Gaethje. They're lives. I'm sorry. I just, I love their styles individually, but they're not people that I want to know everything about. They're not another one that does not need to be named at this point. (laughs) We already, we, and for anyone who's listening to this podcast, the one that doesn't need to be named, we did a whole little special blurb on the one that doesn't need to be named. So if you don't know what we're talking about, look it up. I don't even know. Maybe that's more interesting than talking about this fight card. I'm trying to look back through it, and I really... This is so horrible. I don't even want to make my picks. I feel like I I don't pick Invicta fights. This is Invicta-level fights for you because it's all women (laughs) coming from Lesbo? Yeah, I just... I wasn't impressed. I wasn't impressed with it. I'm interested in the division, but I already there's already fighters in the UFC that are the best women in the world who I'm interested at fighting in the division. Jessica I could be every single woman in this lineup and I don't I believe and she's the least I can think of in my head of women that's willing to fight at 125. I don't necessarily agree with that. I I think that there is some contenders and there is some real talent in here but it isn't the best amount of talent we've ever seen out of a Who tough beats season. Shevchenko. Maybe not right off of the show, <laughs> but I did like uh, 
Fabiana wasn't bad, and this is only because I listened to other podcasts that would break down the show that I even know a smidgen of whatever because I never watched an episode. I watch highlights on Twitter, and there wasn't many highlights to watch. It was Decision City all day long, all season long. There was, um, yeah, a couple of standouts that I can't even remember their freaking names right now. It's just such a depressing <laughs> card, and... They should have mixed this up. Yeah. They shouldn't have made, like, such a big fat part of the card, but the house. Because the men cards, when there's different houses, the whole entire fight card isn't of the just the men in the house. They mix it up with other fights going on. Right. This one only has the one other fight. Right. Which I feel sexist, interested, like, I'm interested in that fight, but only because I'm interested in Sugar, o, Sugar Sean O'Malley. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. That is the most, in, one of the most interesting fights on the entire card is a debuting fighter against not a tougher uh, guy coming off of a loss. And it's not that I'm not interested in these women, but... Ugh. What I think really devalues this entire card... Is that this is an immediate injection of the 125 women's division of a whole bunch of contenders already coming in. So it gives them already their rankings globally in the UFC as soon as they come out of this. But what really devalues this entire card is that we know they're all getting contracts. Some of the allure of the UFC is, does this guy keep his contract? Does he stay fighting in here? Does he keep, does he I do agree. it or not? And I agree. they don't. They don't have that. We know every single one of these ladies is getting two more fights in the UFC, guaranteed. I think and it's going to be against. They should have slowed in this as a division, one fight at a time. We just saw a 125 card in uh, Shanghai. Right. Or, they should have moved in the division like that, taking cream of the crop fighters, and then maybe a year, or two years after opening the division, you do this. You're not looking for somebody to fight somebody. Right. And you can't. It's so silly if you crown. A champion out of this house with the belt in the very first person they fight they're gonna lose it to in my opinion unless it's somebody that's off of the named. show as well <laughs> but they already beat all them it's it puts them in a really interesting I, I, dilemma the bullet I think, beats everyone in the house as far as i'm concerned yeah I'd i think jessica i who she's one of my least favorite 135ers actually puts a good run against everyone in this household uh, PVZ puts a good run against everyone in this household. Uh-huh. Joanna uh, beats everyone in this household. Agreed with all that. I uh, wouldn't disagree a bit, but those are still the top levels of that women's Jessica division Andrage right now. Jessica beats everyone in the house. Right. Would you say a... But there's no monsters in this. Yeah, there's nobody that's a... Yeah, nobody's going to contest that belt to Shevchenko right now. Well, but that's the, I guess. And that's I'll why it's also devalued. Because they're giving them. Right here. Right. The 115 house of women. But I was so interested in it. The fights were a little more interesting, I guess. Or the maybe the the personalities were a little more interesting in the 115 house. But the 115 house was some natural 125 fighters that cut the extra weight to get into the house. Um, so it was this cream of the crop. But, so, uh, Carla Esparza comes out of that as the champion, meets Ioana. We don't even know who she is at all. Merkser. I mean, not that we collectively as a whole, but, like, just the average Schmo fan. Right. Um, 
doesn't know who she is at all, just gets murked, just murks Claudia. So maybe it's kind of a similar deal, I guess. I'm being a hater. Uh, I am too a little bit, and I'm sorry, guys, that this uh, we should be more professional in our UFC broadness, but it has been heavy-duty weeks of work, UFC, no breaks, and this is just shoved in our face at the last second, not knowing about it for a week or two to really figure it out. I know we Did could have watched the season. Did you make picks on this? I have made picks, but I'm not confident enough with a lot of okay, the fights to make Okay, what about this? This is what picks. I think we should do. Do a breakdown of it. We owe the fighters a respect of it. Because there's some other fight cards on this. There's Jane's. Agreed. There is some other. And the women who have busted their ass to get here. Agreed. And we should do it. But I can't do our normal. We have to do like a... You got to do the quick, quick, quick shot. Uh, like we, do three, two. Not dating. who they lost or beat. Or, or not who they... Blah, speed blah. fight. Yes. Yes. Speed. Speed. And we'll still make our picks. From, speed, the but to, from the bottom up. All right, from the bottom up, we're going to have Jillian Roberts versus Emily Whitmire. I have Whitmire decision because they're both three and two fighters in the 125 division. I don't give a shit. What do you think? Did you see him fight anyone nope. or any of that? You're just going. No. Okay, so you have Whitmire and she's out of Oregon. Uh, she's the best one, 12 pound for pound of Nevada. Women's U.S. Southeast. I'm going to go she's, with the Florida girl. She's out of... Hillsboro, Oregon. Yeah. I, I'm fond of them, their places. I know what they do out there. A lot of crystal meth. So she must be a good fighter. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going go with more. the Floridian. The local Oregonian. decision. All right. <laughs> I thought we were going to shoot this thing in the face. I thought we were going to boom, boom, boom. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next fight. We have Ariel Beck at flyweight versus Shauna Dodson. I like Dodson decision. She tends to tends to stay striking, but doesn't have the best takedown defense. Her gas tank is also not that good. Beck it loses split decision. She can stay in a fight, but fundamentally, she's getting stronger at 27 years old. She's still brand new in this in the fight game. I think they both are. So either one of them can have a bad night, and it's a really bad night. And either one of them can have a good night and look like a world beater. Now that they're getting an infusion, and I think that's really going to go on with a lot of these women, is we're going to see them grow all dramatically after they they realize what the lights are like. They're all going to be able like to Dobson's start a trade personality, part. so I'm going to go with Dobson's so, decision. I'm going Dobson's decision as well. Moving on to the next fight, right? Yeah. We have Rachel Ozvik versus Karine Gavayan. And these are another three and two. All I know is about Ozvik is that she's coming in from the current champions camp. She's a Hawaiian lady who is going to have some sort of modeling contract after this. She is a gorgeous woman who actually has good fundamental skills. You I heard it here first. That's the prediction. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to get a modeling contract. She's Moving gonna, on. That is a coming on after. I'm <laughs> just kidding. That is so shitty if I were to say that. That's where we leave our prediction of that fight. And we just move right on. But I've seen her role and she has some really sneaky grappling. Uh, I caught some of her Twitter. I ended up following her on Twitter just because I wanted to support her. Because I'd like to shake her hand. And... <laughs> <laughs> we have, and by hand, I mean her vagina. 
<laughs> no. I mean your clam. <laughs> <laughs> I want to shake your clam. I mean hand. <laughs> so. Oh um, my gosh. I was, was making decision. I couldn't tell you other than uh, Karen was in the house as well. And who do you got in this fight? I'm actually going with the other girl because she looks like she is straight off the Jersey Shore. Submission round three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on to the next fight, we have a middleweight bout. Wait, what's the other? Hold on. <laughs> the that, princess. Um, Garvorgian. Garvorgian, the princess. Ooh, yep, she is her. a, ooh, she's Arme Armenian? Uh, you, well, ooh, that, Armenian. that changes the game. And you know what else? So the Kardashians are Armenian. <laughs> oh, shit. She's got Kanye ties. Oh, <laughs> shit. All right. Talk about that. So moving on to the next fight, though. At middleweight, maybe a little something we're more familiar with. We have Andrew Sanchez versus Ryan James. And you know what? This is the other thing I have to say right now. <laughs> if it wasn't UF2, if UFC 218 this week... I would have studied the shit out of this card. I, I would have known everything about these fighters. It's not their fault. It's bad timing. And as we know with the UFC, and especially with the UFC fame meter and where all that it goes, timing's everything. Timing is everything. If John Jones and Ronda Rousey happen to come out at the same time as Conor McGregor in that era, right. would anyone have noticed them the same way? If you're the Joey Benavidez of Dominic, Crew, uh, okay. Dominic Johnson, Demetrius. Demetrius Johnson, you know, is it you would have been the champ any other fucking time? Not now. Yeah, you don't get any of the no, really any of the guys in the division, <coughs> or uh, look at the Jose Aldo era <coughs> of the 145, and so I yeah. So Andrew I'm sorry, I just want to apologize for calling. <laughs> Gargantian or whatever that girl and not taking this seriously and it's just bad timing hashtag bad timing <laughs> but I still we can still do the fast version <laughs> so we have Ryan James versus Andrew Sanchez at middleweight Sanchez is coming off of a loss seven months ago to Anthony Smith TKO head kick prior to that he had a win to Trevor Smith before that, he beat Khalil Roundtree in a decision, and he was the winner of the Ultimate Fighter season, whatever, as well. He's coming in against Ryan James, who's coming off of a two-fight losing streak in the UFC. Both those losses coming to Mershart, who's later on on the card via armbar submission, and then to Marsh, to Marsh, Jack Marshman via decision four months ago. Ryan James has a 9-3 record to the 9-3 Sanchez. All the way around, uh, the Missouri wrestler is younger, sh shorter at 6-1 to 6-3 for James. He's 29 to James is 36, and the reach advantage goes to James by half an inch at 76.5. So, James is a, not that fundamentally sound wrestling, doesn't have much power, has somewhat plodding forward movement when he strikes. I believe his ground game is his best attribute, but when it's been tested at the UFC level, it has failed already with Merchart. And he's just older in his age. He came into it a little bit older in his career, and it's really showing. And this is just a setup fight to get Sanchez going off of that head kick that Smith landed. It was just a, a blitz 
it works on anyone. Anyone's chin's going to be tested. And Sanchez was a heavy favorite. Smith came through big time on that fight. I don't think we have to worry about Sanchez being chinny because people have been saying that. I think Jaynes doesn't have that kind of power or movement to do that. This is going to turn into a straight grind wrestling fest, if not submission. Round two for me, Andrew Sanchez. What do you think happens in this fight? Head kick KOs can't make somebody, you can't characterize somebody as chinny from those. That's where I agree with you and disagree with the crowd. Because um, if anyone gets hit with them, even granite chin guys, it's, right. a, it's a head kick. Uh, I got Sanchez's decision because I do give Jane's a little bit more credit. He is kind of a tough guy, but he will, and he can take a shit ton of damage. Um, yeah, nothing too crazy. Sanchez's decision. But I've made money on Jane's in the past. He, I've picked him as an underdog a few times. And then it stopped working. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've stayed away from from him specifically due to his age as well. I'm going to call this already. I can already picture it. It's going to be called Lesbo and the Bean, Our Garbage Picks. Of <laughs> That's the title yeah, of it. <laughs> our Garbage Picks with like a trash can on it. Maybe Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> I like it. It, it, it. At least we're not shying away and trying to feed you guys some bullshit. No, don't take this one serious. Yeah, exactly. Don't say your DraftKings cards were all fucked up because of us. Because yeah. they totally were. Yeah, I wasn't even going to bring up DraftKings. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even going to try to I don't to think there's even lines on GK. Oh, shit. There I haven't is. even looked because that's why, why I don't feel so. Exactly. On 218 and put it on. That's exactly how I feel about this. This is a shot in the dark. Moving on to the next fight, we're going back to the flyweights. Christiana Marks versus Montana De La Rosa. De La Rosa coming in at 7-4 versus Christiana Marks 8-8. Eight eight. These women have a little bit more depth in their careers already with Marks coming in at 32 years old to the 22 young Arlington native. 5-4 for De La Rosa to 5-6 of Marks. De La Rosa has a much more ground advanced game. She has good takedowns. She's done some good wrestling. She's really, really young and growing incredibly fast. And definitely with the exposure that she's had on the show to the coaches. Um, I do know that she's a name that has really stuck out in the Twitter MMA-verse kind of stuff. I got De La Rosa just because I've heard her name more. I can't tell you all of Marx's credentials, but a 50-50 fighter coming in wouldn't get picked up in any other division. Really, I just, if you look at them, this is what I'm going on based on it. If you just look at the numbers, it looks like, um, what's the other girl's name? Not Della Rosa. Marks. Marks. It looks like Marks has more experience. But when you actually look at the fights, the other girl has been in there with girls that are actually fighting in the UFC now. And those are her only two losses. So the experience as far as caliber of fighter go, I'm going to give it to um, De La Rosa. And I got her winning by a technical knockout in round three. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I like it. I like it. And oh, she's we're... young. And she deserves to actually get talked about at 22 with her skill set that she has. She'll be going places. We'll be talking about her for years to come. And she's going to make big leaps and bounds moving forward. Yes. A lot of these women are. So it's their starting points essentially for me. And uh, moving on to the next fight, we're going to the main event. We have a bantamweight bat, 135 pounds, Joe Soto versus Brett Johns. Both of these are uh, have had multiple fights. Soto being a longtime veteran with an 18-5 and record to Brett Johns, perfect 14-0. and 0. 
The 25-year-old Brett Johns is also shorter by an inch at 5'7", and has a 5-inch reach advantage, 70 inches to Joe Soto's 65 inches in reach. So Brett Johns got some longer arms. Brett Johns has had a, a definitely a good amount of hype on him, but Joe Soto is notoriously been a hype killer. Chris Beal was a guy that had a lot, uh, definitely a lot of hype come in, and Soto had a couple losses to Tanaka and stuff, but he cre beat Chris Beal via submission. Beltran is a not a good win at all via heel hook, which he specifically called out. But Haniaya was, even though Haniaya tends to gasp a lot, and Soto really proved at this point in his career, being 30 years old, um, that he his gas tank is in check. He knows he has really good fight IQ, and it's is one of his biggest attributes in fights is. He can land good strikes, and he knows how to wear guys out. And what I have really seen with Brent Johns, the hype train, is no gas tank. He has a very flashy style, throws a lot of kicks from both sides. Coming out of New Kingdom, I feel like he has a good kickboxing or some striking career prior to this. And the last fight that I saw him in, that he beat Albert Morales in a decision, he also beat a decision kawa and before that he was coming off of the titan scene but he's had a lot of hype on him because he's able to finish a lot of other people i think now that he's also hit the ufc you haven't seen the mass knockouts that he had because he lined up a bunch in the regional scenes where brett johns is now going to decision and i think joe soto is going to be my underdog he is a slight underdog at plus 155 i think there's money to be had joe soto knows how to beat these type of fighters knows how to make fights dirty grinding and i think it's a 30 27 i think it's a pretty sound win for joe soto what do you think goes on in this fight <sighs> you know i don't even know why i think this but i just don't like joe soto's chin here in this fight um i think he's gonna get hurt a few times uh, i do agree i think the pikey is a weird gas tank going into round three uh, it, but it's because he really gives everything in the first round, and then in the second round, he I think he's flashy enough to gather the points. Where Joe Soto tends to fight is uh, holding position until he gets submission. So usually when Joe Soto's in control inside the octagon, there's no points being gathered in that time. I got John's going decision. I could see a knockout for John's. Um, I won't have a, I, I don't know how many cards I'm going to play. I'm not even going to say anything about it. <laughs> I have John's decision going into this, but it's really more of a fade on Joe Soto. Yeah, I, mine's more of a sports bet. I'm just saying the straight-up money line is what I'm betting. If there was to be one, I think this is one that you can just have that parlay with maybe a couple favorites that we do know a little bit more about. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's the avenue I, I got in my head. Moving on to the next fight, we have another flyweight bout. At the... 125 division we have another pair of up-and-comers i did hear about both of these ladies coming up as well they were definitely in the top contenders of the season and we had diana bennett versus meliana fabiana and eight and three record bennett is coming off of three losses in a row in invicta and one was tko versus salsa and then she had a split decision loss over roxanne modafetti fairy and a split decision over Jody Escabel, also a UFC veteran. So Fabiana's coming in with a four and three record coming out of Hungary. On the show, she was she might have not been on the show. 
<laughs> Meh. So she's coming out of Hungary, beating women with arm bars that have zero and zero records, beating Judith Reese. I'm definitely taking a pro sports tip right now and gonna go Bennett decision because that's what Tapology is telling me to do, and that's how I feel about this. Oh my time. gosh, that's exactly how I played. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. I'm just, whatever the bean picks on this fight, that's what I pick. <laughs> that was mine. <laughs> okay, moving on. Moving on to the next fight, we go into middleweight, 185. Eric Spicely versus Jared Merchart. This is a short notice about, they both had, I think they had about a month and a half to know about it, but they officially let it out to the public like two days ago. But both of these fighters do have a few fights in the UFC Mershar coming in with a 26-9 record to Eric Spicely's 10-2 record. Even though I can see three losses on his record, I'm assuming the <laughs> UFC is... And UFC notoriously will add or take away fights off of the show because they choose to call them as exhibitions or not. So there's people that lost three in a row on the show that never shows up on their record and... Also, the bit to the benefit as well, they'll add three extra knockouts to that specific exhibition bout. So, Eric Spicy is a culprit of that. Eric Spicy has had a couple notorious wins over Thiago Santos in a submission where he was a humongous underdog a year ago. He also beat Alessio Di Chiricchio in a submission, which that's a good up-and-comer Italian fighter. And then his last loss to junior Carlos Cara de Zapato ended up being a submission. Shoe face. <laughs> ended up losing a submission bout with a true black belt jujitsu artist. Somebody that Merchard's not going to mimic that. On the ground, Spicely doesn't have to worry about that game that comes. And Spicely striking is very rudimentary. He definitely likes to get things to the ground and ground and pound and be a grinding, tough, onset type of a guy. Wilts people more than anything, but... The Tiago Santos fight was so unbelievable. And I think that is credit to Spicely that it wasn't a fluke. People were saying it's a fluke, but he's strong. And the Alessio as well is a good win. That didn't come out of nowhere. Spicely was getting beat up in that fight and I believe caught like a triangle off of his back. But he still caught it. It still happened. It still won. So Merchardt's coming off of a loss to Tiago Santos in a TKO ground and pound four months ago, so that's pretty short return. But he also has finishes over a submission over Gulati and Ryan James earlier via armbar. And coming after the RFA scene, he's got a mixture of knockouts and submissions. Mershart is the younger fighter, 29 to the 31-year-old Spicely. Spicely is the taller fighter at 6'2". And... The reach advantage goes to Mershart, 77 and a half inches to 63 inches for Spicely. The moderate favorites Mershart because he has jiu-jitsu credentials as well. And I think people are exploit are really believing in that much more than they should be because Spicely is proven on the ground. And I really do think that he has had gas tank issues. I'm going to stay away from this fight, but if I have a gun to my head, I got my sharp decision. This is short notice. This is a really gross fight amongst this beautiful bouquet of fights that we have. <laughs> so I'm just going to say Mershart 
I don't think that line's right though. Plus 200 is too much money. This is like a plus 140 Merchart. This is not 200. There's no value, no bet here. If anything, Spicely, maybe a submission in there, I think his American ground game is gonna be a little bit more trying than Merchart has felt before. How do you feel this goes? Spicely has no chin. Mirashart doesn't have a super huge punch, but I think he can wobble him enough to submit him. I think the reason that Mirashart lost his last fight, and I could be totally wrong, but I feel like he had the submission and then it got reversed somehow mm-hmm. and, it, and then just got beat. Uh, I don't see Spicely doing that to him. It's not because I want to get on the hype train of Mirashart because I do see that happening starting to build um but i do see uh spicy's gas tank being enough of an issue that mirror shark can submit him in round three moving on to the next fight (laughs) we have lord murphy 125 Barb Harchank. Harchank, I have heard of coming out of the Invicta scene. She was also in the house. She's a 38-year-old fighter coming in against the 34-year-old Lauren Murphy. Lauren Murphy having a 9-3 record, being the long-standing UFC veteran now. Harchank has been out of fighting professionally for three years. So she came into the show and really didn't do much. Harchank is hard-nosed grinder. I believe she has good kicks and strikes and can gas because it's that very... When you throw your legs above your head a lot during a fight, regardless of who you are, you get tired. And that can be a fault for her. She has, in three years, getting this infusion of the house definitely helps her a lot. She's the shorter fighter, 5'4", to Murphy's 5'8". And she also has a 2-inch reach disadvantage at... 66 inches to the MMA Labs, Lauren Murphy at 68 inches. Michigan fight team or Mitchell fight team systems, Harchang's coming out of. But it, for me, it's easy just because I know so much more about Lauren Murphy. We have the older fighter and at 38, regardless of any division anywhere in the UFC, that's a, that's an older person in the fight game. Lauren Murphy had, is a bit older, has had a long career, but she's the epitome of a hard-nosed grinder as well she has some decisions that i think could have been split either way she has a couple finishes just because she ends up putting the pace on people she walks into punches and kicks and really prides herself on having a good chin and i feel like the most i know about lauren murphy is that she talks a lot of shit on twitter and she's always in feuds but for some reason people don't care about her and they don't really just pay attention to her tweets like they do most other people but then again she's not getting called out in any fights because she makes it a grinding affair anytime she's in the ring i think this is just a role for murphy and i got her decision i could see her putting on her on a parlay as well i think she is a slight underdog actually interesting so a lot of people are really liking burchank via topology how do you feel this one goes down I actually am just going to go experience, 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 and that to me is UFC experience. So I'm going to give that to Lauren Murphy all day. She's been in the ring with some of my favorite 135-pounders, and um, I agree with you. She has some had some weird splits. Uh, I think going down to this weight class, uh, we're really going to get to see how much that training and that 10 pound advantage is on wrestling and wear and tear i think the lights of the octagon murphy all day it's an easy decision for me 
I would think so too, but Tap seems to think the other way, so maybe the betting lines say it otherwise. But moving on to the next fight, we have the co-main event. Sean O'Malley, The Sugar Show, versus Terry and Tupperware. Actually, I think it's Flash Tupperware, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it should be Tupper. Sorry, Ware. So, <laughs> one of the highest prospects on the show, Snoop Dogg christened Sugar Shane O'Malley, is been a hype train through all of his fights because of his look. He's a skinny kid that you would see inner tubing off of some river somewhere and he would tune up some other kid that's way bigger than him because he is a scrappy, scrappy young man. Loves to smoke weed so you know he's got them good cells in his body and all the way around is vicious. Got a good ground game. Has a good, good pace on him. Gets tired but still throws with reckless abandonment but it's not that reckless he's fairly technical as well and the fact that he's 23 years old to the 31 year old where Shane O'Malley coming in with an 8-0 record is a big favorite but it's been proven with the fights that we have seen prior to even the show Tarion Ware came in and lost against Cody Stamen in a decision which Stamen is in his easy of a fight as most people think the grind really ended up getting to where but where or where is it's a striker primarily fairly elusive at 5'8 he's gonna be dwarfed by the 5'11 Shane O'Malley at 135 pounds 5'11 that's ridiculous that's unbelievably tall they looked crazy at weigh-ins too uh, unbelievably tall we have O'Malley coming out of the MMA lab who's gathering a name in the UFC community against uh, Ware's System Training Center out of Los Angeles, California. Ware does have the reach advantage with 31 inches to the 72 O'Malley. So that's really interesting. O'Malley looks so much bigger. I would have thought the reach would have went his way as well. So Ware's got some good arms on him. Again, Ware tends to be the striker. He he got worn out by Stamen because it was a very wrestling-centric approach, and O'Malley doesn't have that style. He can wrestle, and he can get into really good scrambles, even in his other scenes prior to the UFC. I do remember watching a couple of his fights, and they've been highlighted since because the money train is behind this kid. They realize that he's a... He has a fighting style of a Justin Gaethje-esque, where he's just like, I'm going to make it exciting. I could just beat these guys all submission-wise. I got good at that years ago. I want to strike because... That's funner, but that makes him dangerous as well on the ground. So that's why he's such a fun prospect. I got O'Malley Tiki around two just because I've been giving Ware a little bit more respect. He does have a loss. Is a seventeen and five fighter, thirty one years old. He's not going to be a walkthrough. I think the plus two sixty favorite, minus two sixty favorite for O'Malley is a little over the top. There might be a little bit of money on Ware right now that he could turn this. I got O'Malley TKO round two. Yeah, I got O'Malley TKO round one. I just think the height alone, I know he doesn't have the distance on his arms in the same way, but when you are reaching down at somebody, that's significantly more power than when you're punching up at somebody. Uh, I just think all the way around, I like the kid. I like where he's headed. As long as we don't see problems with weight cuts because he is so tall for the division. Um, yeah, I got TKO round one. Um, I have to tell you some breaking news right now. Breaking news. You're Sorry to jump numbers. right off that. Are we done with that card? Uh, no, we got the main event. Oh. That has been a shit show. Should I give you the breaking news before or after the main event? Should I make the audience hold on until after we just... Do we... You gotta hit me with it right now. It's breaking. Stevens versus Choi. 
UFC Fight Night St. Louis. Ooh, that could be very violent. Do we just go ahead and cut the checks now for Fight of the Night? Yeah, pretty much. That is true. Is that the headliner or just that's, a part? I think that's the headliner. That sounds like a good headliner. That sounds fun. Night. That yeah. sounds fun. I like so Mr. Astro Boy. 16 minutes ago. Moving on to the main event, we have the vacant flyweight championship. This is for all of the mobbles. We got a five-rounder ahead of us with debuting UFC fighter, winner of her bracket through the entire show this season that has had very low ratings um, against Roxanne Modafferi, who actually lost her main event match breaking earlier today. Her opponent, who ended up beating Roxanne Modafferi in a decision last night, ended up having to fall out of the fight due to illness. More than likely, the weight cut ended up getting to her or something happened. But either way, Roxanne Modafferi stepped in. So the big eventful night that they planned throughout the entire show just got put up. And Roxanne being the loser is actually a heavily decided favorite over the debuting Montano. And that's because these styles contrast the gas tank, the lights, the show, the three and two fighter, thirty or twenty-eight year old Montano, is out of Colorado. She's five five. Hey, she might have a little bit better of a gas tank training up at that altitude. To the five six thirty-five year old Roxanne Montaferi. Roxanne Montaferi is twenty-one and thirteen in her career, a long martial arts career she's had. Now she's a lifelong martial artist. She does not look it, and that's one of her best attributes. Is that. You would never guess that she was a fighter. She already has UFC bouts. She's already been cut from the UFC at the 115-pound division. Went over to Invicta, won championships there. She's able to beat women with fight IQ, durability, and tenacity. She puts it on women. She takes a beating in most of her fights and keeps coming forward. And eventually, the women against her are young enough and the sport is still at such a young stage in these divisions all across the board all of the promotions that Montefiore can just, she can, I feel like she can, the further this fight goes into a five-rounder, Roxanne Montefiore takes more and more over on the ground. Striking, her striking so rudimentary that her jabs, she beats you by a thousand cuts. It's not, not any uh, one punch that ever finishes you when she gets TKOs. It's more that she walks forward and just keeps pattering you and you fall against the cage because you're so gassed because you just unleashed the kitchen sink on her and she's still standing and all of a sudden she's coming forward. And a lot of women have broken there and I think Mar Mar that's tried and true, Roxanne. I have the new flyweight champion, the bait for Shevchenko is going to be... Roxanne Montefiore, TKO round four, maybe round five, just because, as we were saying earlier, experience, 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 experience. Roxanne has it. This newcomer will gain it. She's going to be around for a long time. All of these women, nobody loses a contract here. None of these women lose a contract. Maybe Lauren Murphy. But <laughs> nobody else loses a contract here. How do you feel about this fight? Hi, I'm Montefiore, KO round two. She is... I would give her the name Roxanne the Nerd Monafari. No <laughs> one's nerdier, and I mean that in all the cool, geeky Star Wars, Star Trek. Did you see her at Wayans give up the. I the, love it. Did you see her at the official Wayans with I the Princess it. Leia bra yes. on? I love it. I cool love it. on nerd. Yeah. And really. She might be the best thing of this whole card. I wasn't I even going to tune in until I, the official weigh-in banner came across my phone. Wasn't watching anything else. Pressed it. It came on. 
watched them all, watched them all, was kind of like, yeah, yeah, I'll just save up until Saturday night. She came across, I'm like, well, she's hella interesting. So good for her. I'm all about people being original. So I hope she has an early knockout and I hope they don't, I mean, there's no other option. She's going to get fed to Shevchenko or Joanna, Yon Jacek. There's no other options. Exactly. Poor girl. And I even think Joanna, an interesting thing, if you hear when she speaks, she says, I will be fighting for a belt. I, my next fight will be for a belt. Yep. People just assume it's the 115. Right. So anyway, yeah, that's that fight card. I hope it's good. I hope it's. I hope I eat my words. Me too. I really do. But hey, we've been hitting it hard for how many weeks straight? And now I'm complaining. And I'm the one who's always complaining there ain't enough of goddamn fight cards. Well, you, you're hearing it here first. Well, that, this would be better served in one of them where we go three weeks or a month it, without fights. 100%. Instead of right up against an enormous, 100%. amazing card. 100%. Correct. Because this also puts you in jeopardy for having two weekend, two nights off with the lady, two middle of the days if you're in Poland, two mornings if you're in New Zealand, that you have to make excuses of, I can't hang out Friday or Saturday and UFC, you got to work with us. Come on. Yeah, I, work I don't for a living. think you have to worry about that. You just say, um, I can't hang out Saturday unless you want to watch fights. And by watching fights, I don't mean ask me a question about everything or not watch the fight. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> that sounded very violent and intimidating. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Anything else you got? Do we need to break down anything else? Any late breaking news since we've had a, such a hectic week going into this 218 epic event? If you listen to the last one, I'm sticking with all my picks. Me too. With everything, but I did want to Baby say... Pettis. I well, actually did want to, the, the one thing I wanted to say was I have a mix with Pettis and Cejudo and actually I think Pettis is a good person to put on your cards to fill it in with a whole bunch of other great fighters because he's so cheap. Every time I fill in my DraftKings, I keep looking back and when it comes down to the fighters that I can put in for the money I have left, mm -hmm. he's the best option. I, I could see that. I could see that. I do like Kimball as well, though. I think Kimball's a like sneaky. Kimball I like Kimball, too. I have him, he, too. Because he, he's so cheap. Both. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So you a little extra. You got a little extra tidbit by staying on those last five minutes. So I, I know you wanted to say something about Nagano. Oh, shit. I did want to get to <laughs> I wanted, it. I know you want to say something about my boy Nagano. Hashtag hog watcher in full effect. Yes. I've been hearing some shit all around that Nagano's a motherfucking asshole. What? Glenn Close and motherfuck himself. Who's Glenn Close? <laughs> Drac Close himself was like, I try to meet that guy. That guy's a dick. And other people have been saying, that guy's a dick. Because Naganu, they're saying that Naganu's starting to believe his own hype. That he's, because so many people have just been oogling at, on him for a amount of time. And now that it's fight week, he's hyper aware. But he's believing all of the hype. It makes me feel so much better about Alistair Overeem. Overlook Alistair Overeem, please. Uh, I got too much money on Alistair Overeem parlayed up with some other peeps in there. This is what I think about fight week. Do I have not done the sport, but I would imagine that I would have to be in a different headspace that week, especially with the fans around and the press and knowing that I'm going to friggin' go in against one of the baddest men on the whole planet. I have to think I'm the baddest man or woman on the whole planet during that week. I have to think it. I have to know it, or I, that puts me at a bigger danger going in there. So the fact that he's thinking it this week 
Just because I heard things before from other people being like, oh, that guy is such a sweet guy. His hands are fucking enormous. Like, when he shakes your hand, you feel like you have a tiny little hand inside Andre the Giant. Right. So. And I'm sure he's getting a new star fame where he's just like, I can't meet everybody, fighter and person alike. Because there is, everybody wants to be like, let me shake your hand. Everybody. Maybe he doesn't want to shake anyone's hands. A yeah. lot of people, I think the world should do away with shaking of hands. I think it spreads common cold, influenza. Elbow city. Or a little fist bump. Yep. I don't think we need sweaty clams on sweaty clams. <laughs> yeah. Keep your hands to yourself. Maybe just give them like a fist bump or being like, Naganu, bow up. Like, yeah, yeah why can't we get start tapping elbows. bows? What's up? Get a little, a little bow. tap bow. If you ever see a lesbian person and you're a big fan, give me a fist bump or tap a bow. Please do not shake my hand. Or hug. Oh, yeah. I don't want to be grubbed up on. I'm not a hugger. Me neither. <laughs> Just so you guys know ahead of time. <laughs> see, we're already planning that. And then you're going to see me. I'm going to be walking around like I'm Francis right. Naganu. Like, well, how are you going to get on security? Well, maybe. I, well, I don't know. I don't want to jump any guns. This gun. is the I other thing that's driving me crazy guns. about Naganu. Do it. Could you guys do a little fucking research when we get to this level of it on a card that's this big? Can you learn how to say this motherfucker's name? What is it? Come on. I know we research. It's Naganu. I've right. heard Gano and then... Ooh, who was it? Uh, B-Shob, I think you were saying earlier. Brennan Schaub said Gano forever. And then, but the worst, Luke Thomas says Nganu. Nganu. In, he, per, Nganu. Uh, I did, I feel like I have heard that. Where I'm like, at first I thought he was talking about two different things or like a different person was doing something because of how separate the name sounded. And then it sounded like other guys were trying to correct him. In the conversation, and then slowly he adjusted a little bit. And I know the, the names are hard. I butcher my own, but I just feel like this guy's fought. By the time I can, by the time they get to this level, you you learn how to say Shevchenko, Jan Jacek. You, it's like once they have this many fights, you learn how to say friggin' Olenek. Right. You know, it's those are the it's their first fight. Hell no, I'm like Olenek. It's true. And then they say it themselves at times. And then there's also UFC will ask them at times. I really love when the UFC gets some of those foreign fights and actually is like, how do you pronounce your name? And they blatantly ask because I want to know too. Because I don't want to be some jackass and unless I'm openly making fun of your name like Manganya. I'm saying that shit on purpose. But or if like Yan Jacek, she knew her name was crazy and then she's like champion. champion. Call me champion. She call me champion. Now what does she call me? Now what do you call her? I am still the dish. I am boogie woman. <laughs> I think violence was one of her. Other. I am boogie woman. Be scared of the boogie woman. <laughs> That's the craziest one. That's the nuts voice. <laughs> That's exactly voice what is, she sounds like. She likes Jamaican. <laughs> that is what she sounded like when she said it. No way. Yeah, I'm going to pull the clip. <laughs> you can call me the boogie woman. That was my shoe. <laughs> oh, I bet. A little nervous talking about the violence. <laughs> talking about the violence gave me a little gassy. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that on air. You got anything else for me? And or us here listening at the cast. If you haven't subscribed. I will say, so excited about Alvarez Gagey. Yes, I agree 100%. Most excited. Most excited about that fight. They actually should have made Gagey not a part of that undercard for the pay-per-view, but the main event for this Friday night. And I would have been interested. I wish it was a five round. If you made it a main event. I totally agree. If you made it a main event Friday night fight. But it's for the belt, so they would have to go above a belt, and that's why they couldn't do it. 
because they crowned the flyweight champion. But they're crowning, so it was so vacant, have, so they can't have the spot. I think that they should I think they, they should have done up. this as a five-round as a co-main anyway, because both yeah. fighters would have signed on for yeah, that. Yeah, I agree. For the, you're right. For the last yeah. night, this Friday night's card, it would change everything. Everything. I would be hungry for the Friday night card. I know everything about Agreed. it. Agreed. A 100% agree. Why aren't we running the UFC? Definitely remember to subscribe at Twitter and... Oh, yeah, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Hulu, Netflix. Just kidding. But I'm just hoping for one day that I'm like, make sure you're following us on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> that contract gets you here, Netflix. I'm manifesting verbally. <laughs> um, Lesbo and the Bean, to find your feed, you can go to lesboandthebean.com. You can go to Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, and search for Lesbo and the Bean. Mm. Definitely thanks for the retweets out there. Make sure you hit there. the bell. Please like and subscribe. Sorry to keep begging. Right. A little, a little ball fondling. <laughs> We're just trying to loosen it up as it goes <laughs> on. As you are clicking the, that subscribe button. We're just trying to gel that finger so there's no contact. A little oil it up. Talk about the beat. <laughs>